In order to transition all of those funds, let's say you did, uh, for easy math, we had a $100,000 property, somebody put $20,000 down, we have an $80,000 note as the seller. Well, that note needs to be liquidated in order before we buy the really rich property. So it poses some challenges, meaning mm. they have to have liquidity to cash that note out or they have to sell off that note and, and create the liquidity to put all of the money into the, into the replacement property. So fine on the replacement property, problems on the relinquished property. You do on financing. You're listening to The Azria Show. If you're looking for quality real estate investing information that you can trust, you've found it. Stay tuned and join the tens of thousands of members that have already benefited from Azria, your home for education, market information, support, and networking opportunities that will advance your real estate investing career. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of The Azria Show. I am your host, Marcus Maloney, and we have our executive director and co-host, Mike Dale Preet with us. How you doing, Mike? Great, man. No, very, 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 very. No, very, very, very. very. Well, you episode. only get a few berries oh. in the beginning, right? Only one. That was the last one. All right. <laughs> Great. Well, on today, uh, we're going to be talking about something very interesting. We have Michael Velasco here. You go by Mike or Michael? Michael. Okay. Yeah. That way I can determine Mike, Mike Michael, yeah. right? City is okay. There you go. Yeah. So we got three M's in the building today. Marcus. Mike Michael. So we're going to be talking about all things dealing with real estate investing and specifically 1031 exchanges. Yeah. Let's do it. So Michael, man, welcome to the show. How are you? I am great. Thank you guys for having me. I'm pumped to be here. Love being a part of Azria and happy to share some 1031 stuff today. So let's yeah, do it. Because yeah. you've been around the community for years. Man. 20 years, 20 years in a broker capacity, tax and real estate space. So, you know, I kind of, I was around with, with the, the older cats that went through the last housing crisis. I did a lot of brokering transactions for Bank, Bank of America, Countrywide, Fannie Mae, back in the day, cash for keys, cleaning out properties. And then... Of course, being affected myself, being affected <laughs> myself, a lot of guys my age kind of got affected by uh, the last housing crisis too. And then just learning from it and then coming out of it and then eventually starting some ancillary businesses to real estate, mm -hmm. started an accounting firm five years ago, learned a lot about tax in the real estate space. I had a good partner, had a couple of good CPAs on staff. And then that transitioned to 1031s. After I sold my accounting firm, I was I want to exclusively do 1031s. So I transitioned into that space and absolutely love it. I love working with investors, love saving them, you know, getting tax deferred through the exchange products. Mm -hmm. And I, I still love real estate and I love, uh, I love the tax base too. So, yeah. I got a good question for you. Sure. What do you think is the biggest mistake real estate investors make when doing taxes? You know, I think they, they do a horrible job. I think real estate investors of the upfront work and they, I think investors, when they get into the space, whether you're a wholesaler or a flipper is you don't want to spend a lot of money on the, the tax planning yep. and uh, getting good advice on entity structure set up, having good plans for, you know, tax deferral savings through cost segregation, um, uh, through some of the depreciation tools and then using those entities eventually to uh, 1031 and make sure you know what kind of, property you're you're putting into an entity and uh, either by yourself or through a partnership and how are you going to dispo that property eventually later because there's a lot of unintended consequences of 
putting a property in an entity and then and then being able to 1031 that down the road might, yeah. might pose problems. So the upfront stuff I think is crucial. It is. Yeah. And and I, I hit that barrier when I first started. So that's a good question. You have wealth planning and you have your taxes. Yeah. Well, right. And I didn't know that. And I remember the guy that wrote the Robert Kiyosaki book, Will Wright, was yeah. it? No, Tom, like, Tom will write. Tom, um, yep. Yeah. Great at what he does. And, yeah. and I called and I was like, I want a wealth plan. You know what I mean? And he's like 20 grand. I was like, in my head, I was like, <laughs> no way. Hey, I'm going to talk to my account and do some research, you know, but that's a very good point, man. If you can get in that, that planning up front, it's, yeah. it's, it's huge. Cause your accountant doesn't always, even if they're in the real estate, they're not always strategizing and giving you all the best. Yeah. And they've got you know. too many clients. The average CPA will have, 300 to 500 clients on deck. And wow. if you guys can imagine, they all hit at the same time. Right. Right. For the most part, outside of extensions, mm -hmm. like all of their business is done, you know, during that uh, February to April timeframe. Mm -hmm. And they just don't have time to sit down and, and tax plan. So, it's, it's uh, like, point. I'll be tax planning in, in November. I'll sit down right. for an hour or two and we'll just strategize. Is, you know, do I need to buy a property in cost segment? How am I going to, you know, uh, defer some of this? This, uh, uh, some of these taxes, taxes. Are to pay. Yeah, yeah so. our, our a CPA here at Ezria, as, as our business associate, um, Ignatius, he did a tax planning class a couple weeks ago. He's he's amazing. Yeah, that man. Guy. We did a class together and he's just fantastic. Sharp guy. He, he is. Guy. And you look out, give him a call or, or look out for the, we have the training class. I think we're putting it online. He just goes over all that stuff that you might not know to like, he, we put it together so you could ask your CPA this stuff in advance yeah, and exactly. try to get stuff done if you don't have a wealth plan. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So the, I think that's, that's the one, the one step. And I think, you know, the other, the other thing, I think investors get caught up in the, in the flip game too, where you're just making money and flip. And I think the other strategy is long-term stuff, long-term yeah. hold using cost segregation as a tool to defer taxes. Mm -hmm. And then of course, 1031 as mm -hmm. you, as you build up your door count, you know, whether transitioning from uh, a single family residence to, to multifamily doing stuff like that, you know? So let's jump into the 1031. What yeah. is it? 1031 exchange is a, is a tax tool that we can use to defer investment property gains. So it's not to get rid of, but rather to defer. And so you can transition investment property for investment property and take the capital gains and defer that and, and some of the depreciation recapture too by trading those so to speak into another investment property of equal greater value so there's a couple of things they, they should know mm -hmm. number one it's got to be an investment property yep. right okay. it can't be a primary residence can't be a second home any investment property for investment property real property for real property I hear a lot of people say, well, it's got to be like for like, yeah, and even it, CPAs yeah. will say that CPAs yeah. typically don't know 1031s very well, by the way. Okay. So okay. having a good 1031 tax attorney is a good strategy too, if you guys are going to do a 1031 exchange, but being able to go like for like just means real property, real property. So you can exchange land for commercial, commercial for single family and everything in between, as long as it's real property. And so that's another, another important piece. The other is equal or greater value. So you have to trade equal or greater value. So if you've got a $300,000 house, you need to buy at least $300,000 in real estate. And then all the funds and proceeds from that, from the sale of your relinquished property uh, have to go into uh, the new property. So you can't touch any of the money or it becomes boot and taxable. Not so, even, you can't even like do a partial payment to yourself? You could, but you're just going to pay pay boot. Pay yeah. Okay. Yeah. So if you want to pull out, say, Hey, I've got a liquidity issue and I need 50 grand. Mm -hmm. You can pull out that 50,000 and pay mm -hmm. a portion of your capital gains just on that. 
Okay, so you have 150,000 profit, you could take 50, put 100 into the 1031. Yeah, exactly. Okay, and, cool. then, and then pay taxes, taxes which is not uncommon. There's okay. probably 15, 20% of the transactions will have a little bit of boot. Somebody's just trying to get, get yeah. liquid. Yeah. The other strategy I would say is maybe work with your tax advisor, uh, your tax, probably your tax attorney on when can I refinance after I sell? That would be another strategy too. So you, clear that up. So that so advisor versus attorney. Yeah, I, I I like tax attorneys on stuff like that where mm -hmm. you're refinancing after you do a 1031 exchange because the IRS gets a little squirrely on uh, your intent um, okay. and when to refinance and pull out cash after a 1031 exchange. Uh, there's some opinions. Wait a year. Wait a two two years. Getting good counsel on that because um, right after a 1031. Uh, that might uh, might be a problem Raise for you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it might it might be a problem. Yeah, that so. that's our thing. We we strategize with our accountant, or we go through. We always have some type of hurdles, and if they're unsure, we call the tax attorney because they're the one that's going to yeah. fight the IRS. Yeah. And so typically. you want to make sure they'll stand behind it. Typically, so uh, the, the refinance tool is great as well if you want to get liquid, right? Mm -hmm. And you want some liquidity. Yeah, remember, loans aren't taxable. So you can, mm -hmm. you can, right. you can refinance and not, not pay the taxes. So that's another strategy to get liquid. If somebody's looking for liquidity, okay. the other two important is our 45 days to identify your property through identification form after you sell the relinquished property. And then you have 180 days to close. And so that's the tight timeline where people, investors are nervous about, especially in this market is, am I going to find something? Yeah. Right. They're nervous about that. So you have 45 days from the close. And, and so you sell your current property mm -hmm. you have 45 I, I, 45 days to identify now is that like hey michael here's the contract like what is what determines like that's, you that's a great question yeah yeah so we have so, uh, something called an identification form mm -hmm. in uh, the qi world which is qualified intermediary this is mm -hmm. what what you mm -hmm. need to use in order to 1031 exchange you have to have a qi and so that's what my company does so you have 45 days to identify and we're going to put that on a form so if mike finds three properties, you can identify up to three properties or 200% and multiple properties up to 200% of the value. I think that gets more complex for the investor purposes, three properties you have to identify with within 45 days. You don't have to, you don't have to be under contract. You just have to identify. So we'll DocuSign okay. an identification form mm -hmm. over to Mike. He'll put the three properties, three legal descriptions, and then he's going to need to purchase one of those properties gotcha. during the 180 days. So, You'll, you'll, you'll just want to make sure by the 45th day that one of these is going to probably work. Yeah, you know, for sure. Either through inspection, appraisal contingencies, et cetera. So, Got it. So the average 1031 exchange that I do is it lasts about 60 days on average. They don't go the full 180 unless there's okay. some sort of you know new build or con commercial, commercial extended inspection period. As you guys know, the mm -hmm. escrow periods for commercial typically last uh -huh. 120 yeah, days. Yeah. 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 So quick question, because, um, and this may be for a real estate attorney, but just wanted yeah. to ask you, you said that when you're relinquishing a property, it can't be your primary residence, which right. we know, and it can't be a second home. Right. What if they're using that second home and still doing short-term rentals in that second home off season? Yeah. So great question. So the rule, IRS rule is you cannot spend more than 15 days in that house. Um, and for in order for it to be an investment property so if you're okay. spending more than 15 days uh then it's considered a second home so what you want to strategize is really make sure you're not in that home if you're going to liquidate and do a 1031 exchange you're going to want to make sure you don't spend more than 15 days in that property 
year uh, for Ever. for probably probably two years. Two years. Some yeah, tax attorneys will say one year. Uh, I have heard opinions that you should do it for two years, um, and so you'll want to just. Uh, the problem is with the IRS code and 1031s timeframes for those types of things are not really certain. Like okay. they're not, they're not in writing. There are a lot of case law around those. Mm -hmm. And so tax attorneys will use a lot of the case law that's come out in disputes with the IRS that where there's a favorable, favorable ruling for a, for a taxpayer. Right. So we'll, um, you know, those type of issues, if you're going to strategize on that, um, you know, consult with your, your tax attorney before okay. you make a liquidation, right. move, just in case right. you get audited, you know, okay. and it's disputed. Perfect. And what's a, what's a reverse 1031? So reverse is you buy the replacement property first. Mm -hmm. In the 1031 world, we call them relinquished properties, which is the property you own, mm -hmm. and then replacement property, the property you want to buy. And in some cases, investors will identify a property right away, right? And they'll go, oh, I, I like this property. I wasn't thinking about selling, mm -hmm. but this property, this commercial property or whatever property, I have to have this. This is a perfect investment for me. I'm going to take it down. If they have liquidity, they can buy the replacement property first. And then after they sell the relinquished property, after the replacement property closes, they can get reimbursed for any down payment or cash that they brought to the gotcha. table. So typically investors purchasing, doing reverses have liquidity in order to put right. a big down payment. You can't get a loan on these. Fannie and Freddie won't because it involves a QI's company. We set up an EAT, which is basically an exchange accommodators, title holder, LLC. And then we hold that property in the LLC during the, um, the exchange period. And so okay. we actually go on title exchangeable, for mm -hmm. example, right. go on title, hold the property until we sell the relinquished property. Cause you can't okay. own both properties at once. And then at the time the relinquished property sells, now we have liquidity, right? Mm -hmm. We have, uh, we can then reimburse them for the down payment if they got a loan or reimburse them the entire amount if they paid cash. Um, okay. so it's a great tool. And believe it or not, right now, mm -hmm. it's surprisingly a lot of reverses are going on. Ah, um, and really? I, I think I think the tight inventory has caused this, right? Not a lot of inventory. And when they see something they really like, they go after it and they mm -hmm. wanna they wanna buy it, investors wanna buy it. So it's an it's an what's, interesting thing. What's the so is the reverse timeline too? Or how does that work? Great question. So you'll have when you reverse, you already know what the relinquished property is, probably. Mm -hmm. Right? you so you have forty five days to identify your relinquished property, which you already know. Yeah, yeah. Right. Sometimes you'll identify multiple relinquished properties where you're selling three relinquished properties and going to one replacement, which is common because they're going up mm -hmm. in, mm -hmm. in uh, value. Um, so you'll just identify as you close the replacement, you'll identify the relinquished 45 days to identify, you'll have a whole 180 days to sell the relinquished property, which is, which is usually plenty of time, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Mm -hmm. In this market, especially unless you overprice it, which. Yeah. That's something like right. they have it overpriced or they just have something wrong in their numbers. It yeah. just sits there. Yeah. Then ultimately they could end up paying, well, they invested in a property without any, without a, without tax strategy. a relinquished property. Yeah. Right. That, which is and the exchange will fail and, you know, and, and, and not, it's not a taxable event until you yeah. sell that relinquished property right. anyways, but you know, your, your liquidity might be going right. Darn yeah. it. Now I don't have the liquidity. So I, I think, you know, what I advise clients on the relinquished property is make sure we got the value, right? We know the value, even in this squirrely market, as you guys know, what are we going to get for it? And let's price it correctly out of the gate. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. Don't chase the market, Right. put it at market value and, and put it on the market and get it sold. So. Yeah, this thing could fall out of escrow and you know mm -hmm. and then we got bigger problems you know you ever get any cool stories you could tell us about like 
a crazy 1031. Yeah. Keep us yeah. on the edges of our... Yeah, I have one going on right now. It's a three replacement property reverse into one relinquished property. All right. So they're buying it. three. Uh, she is buying three. And, and three investment, properties. three investment properties. Okay. Yeah. And she's selling a bigger one. And so the challenge on this one will be is that um, the like for like though. Yeah. It's like for like, yeah. Okay. Real, property, real, yeah. Property, right? real property, real property, real property. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely like for like, so th I think the challenge for her is she's outlaying a lot of liquidity by these. So she's already bought mm. three. She's right. She's on her third one right now. And so and time's ticking, right? Mm. We have until January. We're, we're filming this in September. I mean, we've got probably another five months, four and a half months before, you know, time's ticking. So mm -hmm. I think the challenge for her, the, the stickiness of that is, you know, we've got to get this big property sold. sold she has, yeah. Yeah. And so the time is, is a factor, you know, as we mm -hmm. get in and, uh, and her willingness to drop the price, if we're not getting the activity we want on the relinquished property is a challenge. So I really oh, like wow. the complexities of the, the multiple properties, yeah, the reverses. Yeah. And so I, I enjoy the complexities of those. They're fun, fun to do. It yeah. is. And you, okay. as an investor, you always want someone that enjoys that stuff too, or understands it and yeah. willing to participate yeah. and help you think through situations. That's glad yeah. that you do that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we've had some bigger, last one, I, last year I did a 10 million with a seller carry, which would take us probably another hour to explain, but ultimately. Yeah, well, I do want to ask you that though, like a seller carry yeah. in a 1031. If if you're if you're the replacement property is fine, just like a normal sale. Okay. Okay. If it's the relinquished property, it poses problems because now you don't have the liquidity. The liquidity. Right. Yeah. And and so in order to transition all of those funds, let's say you did uh, for easy math, we had a hundred thousand dollar property. Somebody put twenty thousand down. We have an eighty thousand dollar note as the seller. Mm -hmm. Well, that note needs to be liquidated in order before we buy the relinquished property. So it poses some challenges, meaning mm. they have to have liquidity to cash that note out, note or out. they have to yeah. sell off that note mm. and and create the liquidity to put all of the gotcha. money into the into the replacement property. So fine on the replacement property, problems on the relinquished property when you you do owner financing. Yeah, and I had a big it was a big huge ten million dollar one last year, and it was complex, and it was mm. of course we had four attorneys on that, which is which is always fun dealing with four different attorneys on it. My attorney's out of New York, Matthew Rappaport's his name, a Georgetown grad, just a brilliant, probably one of the best 1031 attorneys in the country. And he, he counsels for, for our firm. And a lot of times he'll get involved with sticky stuff like that, where we yeah, have okay. really, you know, a, a lot of money. Right. Mm -hmm. And then we have attorneys that don't know 1031, even their CPA, right. some, the real estate attorney, like mm -hmm. they'll just defer to, uh, specialist, you know, in 1031. And so sometimes they'll get involved with those. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, lots lots to know about this. <laughs> how's, the, how's the volume now with 1031s? Are you seeing them going up or you know, we're our average I think is about 850 and probably going up. It's it's all over the board right now though. You know, we'll do a 10 million dollar one and then we'll do a $300,000 one. Right. You know, okay. I have a couple of $800,000 ones going on right now. Some clients going down like in selling their 800 and buying a couple of you know, three hundred fifty, mm -hmm. four hundred thousand dollar. You know, might okay. make more strategy for them. A lot of people coming out of California, as you guys mm -hmm. can imagine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 
if you're exchanging out of California, you're dealing with the Franchise Tax Board out of California, which is a oh wow, wow. some clawbacks. So be careful if you're an investor selling in California and not buying in California. Um, good chance of audit. Franchise Tax Board's tough to deal with sometimes. They want to keep that money. They want yeah. They're they're losing for the first time ever. They've kind of lost residents and lost a lot of mm-hmm. revenues. So they're looking for just making sure the transactions are good. So in the world, in the 1031 world, dealing with California is a national conversation. We're always mm-hmm. talking about franchise tax board out of California. I'm just making sure, you know, every file I do, I, I'm acting like where I'm going to get audited. So it doesn't right. really, it doesn't really matter. I wouldn't do, do the file unless it was going to go through on an audit, but you know, we got to. Yeah, we could be more mindful of that coming out of California. That's a good tip, right? Because yeah. yeah, so many people moving here from California. Yeah, so many, could, this is good information for investors, yeah. agents. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just good yeah, well, yeah. Make sure, yeah, make sure you're doing everything right. Anything else we need to know about California? California. If you take boot in California, this is important. If you are pulling out funds, the exchange accommodator has to withhold three percent of whatever funds and relinquish it to the wow. franchise tax board. Yeah, so I charge just a hair more for processing boot. So they get their 3% off the top. Yeah. They don't kind of like in FERPTA, as you guys know, the the title company will hold 15% Mm -hmm. sometimes. Mm -hmm. The franchise tax board wants us as the QI to withhold the 3% and, and, and surrender that. Uh, It's kind of a prepaid thing on any boot. So they want their money. And so that's one of the responsibilities that the QI have to do, you know, it's, which is, which is always fun. Like, yeah. uh, Dealing with what, what about fixing flippers? You know, how, how can they just keep flipping houses and turning them? And, and... Well, they can, but flippers wouldn't qualify for 1031 exchange. So, but God, yeah, it's by definition of some sort, yeah, they're not unless, holding it long enough. Yeah, you're not holding it long enough. Yeah. And your intent was to flip the property. Right. The IRS uh, is really interested in intent. Intent is to hold as an investment property. You need to hold it for. So that's where the IRA comes in versus yeah you could yeah self-directed mm-hmm. you can do some different things like that if you were if you were not wanting to pay taxes i know you guys have a good self-directed mm-hmm. yeah, yeah yeah and so going in that direction if you're uh, a flipper if you're transitioning into an investment property right from flipping to going oh i decided to hold it which a lot of cats are doing right, right. now too right yeah. they're they're going oh gosh i got stuck with it i'm going to turn it into an investment property and then at that point, you can make a decision on how long mm-hmm. their tax advisor can advise how long they want to hold it a year or two before they 1031 exchange so, it. So that, that, the year or two goes into holding the property before you do another 1031. Yeah, before okay. you can mm-hmm. 1031. Well. Yeah. Yeah. So primary residence too. Like if you're primary residence, you guys know you got the tax exemption of 250 for singles, Single. 500,000 yeah. if you're married. So you have that built in. You don't have to reinvest. Right. And you can't 1031 your primary residence. Right. So. So yeah, so just some helpful tips no, for, like the, that. for the for the guys and gals out there. How how did we met through Mick at Focus Law? Mick is awesome. So what's <laughs> funny? This is funny. So Mick is my attorney at Focus Law. He's mm-hmm. my uh, kind of a personal and and real estate. I do some hard money lending too. So he he advises. Mm-hmm. He crafts a note. Actually, we have one today. He's crafting a note for. He went to school with Matthew Rappaport, my 1031 attorney at Georgetown. Okay. And oh, that's right. how, okay. and so one day I was talking with Matthew about some of the stuff I was doing and he goes, Hey, I got a guy at focus law, which just happened to be at Azria 
which mm-hmm. is funny. Wow, crazy. Yeah, crazy coincidence. And so Mick and I, I met with Mick one time at lunch and I was like, this guy is an amazing attorney uh-huh. and he's just so down to earth. Yeah, yeah. for sure. And yeah. so he went to school with Matthew at Georgetown. So that's Got how it. those guys go back. And it's, it's kind of cool now I get to hang out with such a smart Georgetown yeah <laughs> that's cool i didn't know that yeah all right yeah, yeah, it's funny, he, yeah. i remember i got the email he's like you need to know michael i was like all right yeah yeah that's yeah. and that's how we got it yeah that's, that's how we got yeah yep. yeah i always say the blessing of god flows through relationship yeah and it's just it's just the way it is you know and i think this is what we were talking about you know a little bit before we started shooting was what do we do now when we're such a recessionary time yeah we build relationships because the transactions might not be there. So let's let's focus on relationships and building. Mm-hmm. And I know that's what I'm doing in my business right we're, now. It's just focusing on relationships. Yeah, it's let's, harder. Let's talk about that because a podcast we just did, we were talking about social media and everything. And be, especially the 1031, you, for what I know, it seems like, especially in like a recession type time, you have less, definitely less business. It's not yeah. like mm-hmm. you're buying and selling houses, right? Uh, so yeah. the product might be used a little bit less, my assumption. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you do to build real, like how, what are some tips? Cause it's all about networking, right? Especially yeah. here as Rhea is. So for sure, for sure. I think I, I have a bunch of pillars of my business and mm-hmm. yeah, I took this from my old, being an old real estate agent back in the day, like mm-hmm. developing your pillars of how you're growing your business. And so I focused really, really hard on those pillars mm-hmm. and you've got you know, your social media, you've got your click ads, you got your mail out marketing. Mm-hmm. I still do that. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I, I own a real estate school. So I teach classes, 1031 classes around the Valley. Mm-hmm. And then the relationship stuff. I'm a member of the Federation of Exchange Accommodators. I'm a member, mm-hmm. you know, proud member of mm-hmm. Azria. Mm-hmm. I'm in front of people all the time. And, and that's how you do it is you, you, you get in front of people by teaching yeah. classes, by doing network events, so you by being a part of Azria. If you're not a member yeah. of Azria, come be a member of Azria. Thank right? you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Appreciate that. Yeah. So those are the pillars. I've got some other pillars that I were like some of the YouTube stuff and I've got investor lists too that mm-hmm. I cultivate and farm, there but I take a pretty broad spectrum and, and multiple pillars. And right now, you know, I am probably most focused on the relationship side because as we bounce back from this recession and some would call it a recession, at least in the real estate world is a recession. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when we go get back up and we start going off again, I'm going to be there, you know? And so you have to really prepare to me. The preparation time right now is about the relationships. And if, when this thing takes off again and it will, Oh yeah, mm-hmm. it will. It always does. And I'll be there to be, take advantage of some of those relationships and helping people. So awesome, man. Perfect. Yeah. Very essential. Yeah. And, and that's one of the things that people overlook, you know, it's, it's the basic foundations that you got to stick with. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of glitz and glamour, but it's the basic foundations that help you through these tough markets and these tough situations. Yeah, the consistencies, right? The daily consistencies and the really successful flippers, wholesalers, mm-hmm. they do the minutiae long term. They do the minutiae really, really good. You know, and I always I always saw that on the real estate side is every single day, like stick to the little processes and they're not sexy. Yeah. And there yeah. some of them are boring. And, you know, I'd still do good old fashioned handwritten notes mm-hmm. every yep. single day. Personal touch. Yeah. yeah. And some of the stuff you got to do. And people aren't, there's a lot of people aren't willing to do that. And I think that's yep. the, that's the difference. And the businesses that I've run, some of the success I've had is, is those things. And so I've still, I still do those practices every mm-hmm. day. I think yeah. it was the book Slight Edge. Yeah. You ever read that? The little yeah, things I've heard of consistently it. over yeah. and over every day. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then going into being boring, right? Our business should be boring. 
Yeah. Right. Cause you're just doing the same thing over and over. Right. So what, what should, so talking to the Azria members, who should be getting to know you, who should be reaching out to you? You know, let's talk about, and, and, and how can you help them? Yeah, I think Azria members that are investing in real estate, either you're just getting going on your first house mm-hmm. or you have a ton of ton of homes and you um, you are thinking about eventually trading those for 1031 mm-hmm. and 1031 and we can have a conversation. And mm-hmm. Four greenhouses, one red hotel. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, we can have a conversation about that, a tax strategy. Um, I think as you plan for your replacement property that's there's some planning that needs to go into it you know how is your entity holding the property right now do you have partners do you have some partners that don't want a 1031 right so yeah talk about that what happens like yeah. yeah what if well i mean that goes obviously their operating agreement like hey we want to sell in two years but yeah mm-hmm. what if someone doesn't want to sell yeah is that so, your issue or their yeah, issue yeah there's ways around it you don't want to wait until the last second yeah uh, but there's something called a drop and swap where you can take members of an llc and break their partnerships into tenants in common interest in the property where they own a percentage you could take a buyout out of the out mm-hmm. of the company itself and do a refinance or bring in a liquidation partner to liquidate their portion out there's lots of strategies like and those that. are really where the tax attorneys in this space make their money is these big real estate projects multiple members of the entity and then how do we cash out Mm because that's what that's usually the problem right is one investor if you guys own a property and one of you decides you don't want a 1031 you want the liquidity you know and i think it's really important if you're buying a property with somebody have have this conversation up front yeah yeah operating agreement mm-hmm. effective how you take title of the property and as in tenants and uh, tenancy in yeah. common or you just go hey we're just going to take it in the partnership and then eventually we'll liquidate through a membership interest in the in the in the property it's so important man i had a newer azria member especially when you're newer you're excited just to do a deal yeah right and you have and then yes she joint ventured with somebody but they've owned like she was newer to azria but she owned the property for a couple of years with this person yeah. It was her first deal. She brought her end of the bargain to the table. She didn't own 50%. It was like 25 or something like that. But she was just in, in a time where she needed to liquidate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he didn't want to sell, you know? Yeah. And, and she was like, I don't want to be in this anymore. I'm losing money every month. It was just a bad deal, you know? So, yeah, yeah that's your team. And yeah, you building your that. team is huge. Having everything yeah. you just said, just the... Just the, the ideas you just threw. Oh, you could do one, two, three. You said it right off the top of your head. Having someone able just to put those ideas in front yeah. of you is huge. Yeah, the execution of that obviously goes through a tax attorney, but the yeah. the principles are, are that's for me, that's free information for them. These are the things you should watch out for. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, I've seen the potholes in the road. Mm-hmm. I know where they are. Mm-hmm. Like, let's let's make sure I'm going to tell you where they are before you, you get going. So you mentioned who should be talking to me. Anybody that's, hey, how should I be? holding this property as far as a title to it. And, you know, what is my long-term strategy and, you know, having an operating agreement is so important too, right? Is, is what are, what is the operating, the Bible to your partnership say about what we're going to do and how we're going to Mm -hmm. do it. And then how do we get somebody out of it that wants the liquidity, you know, and wants to get out of the partnership. And there's ways you can do that in a 1031, but I see that, 
a lot of people don't want to do that planning up front and then they end up paying for it yeah, twice well, twice it's as awkward <laughs> it, it, it's it's hard especially when you're new to new to business right one quote i heard is negotiate like you hate each other yeah. and run the business like you love each other yeah exactly right? oh that is great advice yeah. yeah but it's hard right you don't yeah. know what you don't know you don't know what you know and, and here's yeah. what happens mike is that we buy a property 15 years ago that was two hundred thousand dollars and now that thing's one worth 1.5 million yeah. Yeah. you know times have changed mm-hmm. right Somebody's net worth at the, yeah net worth has changed drastically and and that happens that happens all the time you guys know that you get in these booms you know and and the property values just take off and now we got tons yeah. of money in our properties and, and yeah. then somebody maybe was an investor in 2008 and they like hey let's sell it while the market is high before i end up losing the before bunch of liquidity yeah exactly being able to strategize, you know, strategize on all those things. Yeah, yeah. it's a lot so. there. So you got to be around the, around the professionals, people that yeah. know what they're mm-hmm. doing. That's why we have our business associate and you're our, our, one of our business associates for the 1031. So any questions you have, strategizing, planning in advance, yeah. just call Michael. Yeah, for sure. And some some of that, guys, if it's just a simple phone call, like mm-hmm. I'll point you in the right direction. So that's free. Like I'm not charging mm-hmm. you for some of that stuff. So just happy to help and point you in the right direction. And you're always at our monthly meeting. I'm uh, there every month. You got a booth? Yeah, yeah, I got a booth. Come over and say hi, and I'll, even if the 1031's three years from now, we can have a conversation now about it. Yeah, right so. makes sense. So see you at the monthly meeting. You're on our business associate tab on our website. Yep. Um, any any last thoughts do you want to share? Mm-hmm. No, I think that's it. I think we Mike, we yeah hit the nail on the head. Yeah, lots of good information. Yeah, anything you want to. Anything else? No, you guys are awesome. Thanks for having me today. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, you know how to reach Michael. Yep. Um, how do we get a phone number, social yep. media? What do we do? Hold you. Ten thirty one exchangeable dot com. Follow me at exchangeable um, on Instagram. You'll you'll get uh, Velasco MD is my personal Instagram. Mm-hmm. Exchangeable at in- exchangeable is the Instagram as well. Ten thirty one exchangeable dot com. Get a hold of me mm-hmm. that way. Yep. All right. And then remember, you can meet Mike at Michael at the monthly meeting, second Monday of every month. Yeah. Menu 8600, 8600 East Anderson Drive, Scottsdale. So we'd love to see you there. 200 plus investors there every second Monday. Powerful second Monday. info. Every time I go, powerful info. Thank yeah, you, man. Yeah. Awesome. All right, it's a wrap. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Azria Show with your hosts, Marcus Maloney and Mike Delpreet. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you found this information valuable, head over to azria.org and learn more about our community.